Paul and Silas bound in jail had no money for their bail. Keep your eyes on the prize. Hold on, hold on. Paul and Silas thought they was lost. Dungeon shook and the chains come off. Keep your eyes on the prize. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Keep your eyes on the prize. Hold on, hold on. I'd like you to join in singing the chorus with me. Hold on, hold on, keep your eyes on the prize, hold on, hold on. This folk song from the Civil Rights Movement is based on one of the great black American spirituals, Gospel Plow. And just as the spirituals were based not just in hope for spiritual freedom, but in tangible physical freedom, beginning in this world, in this life, so this song encouraged perseverance and endurance in the face of great opposition, difficulty, and suffering. Keep your eyes on the prize and hold on. That's what Jesus is doing in our reading from Luke. His face is dead set toward Jerusalem. His eyes are on the prize, but the prize is a strange one. It isn't the destruction of his enemies or his visible enthronement. The prize is his death, and he knows it. By this point in Luke, Jesus has twice told his disciples that he will be arrested and killed. He implores them, let these words sink into your ears. The Son of Man will be handed over to human hands. So set aside what you learned in confirmation class for a moment and ask yourself, why in the world would Jesus do this? Imagine for a moment, you're one of the disciples. You're not one of the inner circle. You didn't see the transfiguration. But you've been following Jesus for quite a while now. After Peter tells Jesus, you are the Christ, things take a, a really ominous turn, it seems. Frightening. Jesus suddenly talks about being betrayed, about being killed, about the necessity of taking up your cross and following him. You might be wondering in the back of your mind whether you backed the wrong horse. Is Jesus different, or is he going to get himself and you killed? Opposition even marks the beginning of the journey. You first have to pass through Samaria. You're no fan of the Samaritans, but then again, no Jew is, like yourself is, and you need a place to spend the night. When you get to the village, they ask where you're going. You say, Jerusalem, and they conversation's over at that point. They want nothing to do with you. Perhaps it's out of ethnic or religious prejudice. After all, the issue that divided and still divides Samaritans and Jews is where to worship. Jerusalem 
or Mount Gerizim. In their view, Jesus is going to the wrong place. But on the other hand, maybe their inhospitality is motivated by something a little more primal. Maybe it's motivated by fear. Everyone knows how the empire deals not only with would-be revolutionaries, but those who harbor them. You watch James and John throw a little tantrum, then you continue on your way. And then imagine, you come across several people on your way to Jerusalem, and they say they're going to follow. But they have to just do this one thing first. They always have something to do first. Being someone who's been with Jesus from the beginning, you might not have much patience for these folks. Perhaps even less than you had for the Samaritans. Jesus' words to you you sound harsh, but on point, which is pretty much like a lot of things Jesus says. Are they going to follow or not? But then you remember what Jesus said before that he was going to die. And your stomach turns. It would be really hard to keep your eyes on the prize if you were in the disciples' shoes. Especially when the prize seems to be just a boatload of suffering. The prize, however, is not betrayal and death. It was unclear to the disciples, and truth be told, it can be unclear to us, even post-Easter. But Jesus is looking beyond his suffering, beyond his death, to the new life in God's family that will be available to all. He's looking forward to the liberation of God's people from sin, death, and the devil, a liberation that will be given even to a crucified bandit beside him. He's looking forward to the new universal outreach of the gospel, not just to one nation or one people or ethnic group or skin color, but that encompasses all peoples, all nations, all races. Even though the way to Jerusalem is not a straight line in Luke, and even though there is suffering on the way, suffering is not the end of the story. The end of the story is the inauguration of the kingdom of God in a family of faith whose mission field is the entire world. That's the prize of Jesus' journey and our journey. The inauguration of the kingdom in a family of faith. A family much like this one. As we begin Lent, we remember that our journey through life, like Jesus' journey to Jerusalem, has an end. We are mortal. We remember that we are dust and that we will return to dust. But the prize of God's kingdom permeates the journey and overshadows our mortality. Our liberation from everything that sets us apart from God is accomplished in Jesus. And every step of the way, Jesus is leading us into the freedom of that new life. Freedom's name is mighty sweet, and soon we're all gonna meet. 
Keep your eyes on the prize. Hold on, hold on. I got my hand on the gospel plow. Won't take nothing for my journey now. Keep your eyes on the prize. Hold on, hold on, hold on.